This conversation was recorded on May 17th, 2019. It's taking forever to edit because Wade and Siggy talk too much. So we are breaking this episode into chunks. Enjoy this chunk. It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's his sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. Alright, well that was a good time to leave one time box and enter another time box. Considering that we've already gone... I, I wasn't was, watching yeah. the clock. I don't know if we successfully timed back that at all. But it feels good. This feels like a good place It feels place good. I think we did a little bit over what we said. Almost okay. to twice as much. But... Oh. <laughs> Oh, well. But we'll we'll so so now we'll just have to take it out of Endgame now, right? No. All right. There's hardly anything to talk about in Endgame. Oh yeah. Again, since we're doing this summary style, I'm going to say, and I hope I don't steal something out of your mouth, but I'm going to. Your your Facebook post oh, summed up well. You're going to perfectly. Quote me. Just say you're quoting me. I'm going to quote you. Yeah. Okay. Because your fa- your Facebook post totally summed up how I felt. Uh, the two you did. One just said, I think Avengers Endgame gave me Stendhal Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I felt like depressed. I loved it so much I felt depressed for the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but then you followed it up with another thing that was perfect. It said, it has flaws. And the movie made me 100% not care about them. I love this movie like family. And that is exactly how I feel too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it, it is, the, I, I think it is completely a strength of a movie to make you not care about holes that, that, that are going to exist in most all storytelling. And Endgame has a lot of big ones, but I don't care because it feels complete. It was, it was, I, it, it wasn't what I expected. Well, some was, but one of it wasn't what I expected, and it. But it was everything I needed, and things I didn't know I need, needed. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sad when I'm not watching. It's, it's weird that it feels sad to not be watching it because, I feel like the first half of the movie is very somber and very mournful. You know, yeah. even the things that are genu- that are that are done lightheartedly for co- for comedy's sake are really still seriously painful like like thor's trajectory like it's played for laughs but when it needs to not be it's it is deadly affecting and um uh i think uh, you know i think if it hadn't been played for laughs it would have been too much of a downer but I, usually i don't like i complained in iron man 2 when his ptsd was always treated they always brought up his ptsd his panic attacks uh, and played them up as like humorous moments almost. And so I complained about that. But with Thor's humorousness, the, the humor of his, his physical state and his mental state and his, um, but, um, you know, when, when challenged, like, like, don't you mention his name after complaining about Noob Master 69 <laughs> on Fortnite? <laughs> To, to be able to the tonal shift works just suddenly it's you know you see all that pain i thought it worked really well um 
but so much, so much to I, love. I liked so, that. Um, I thought I, I liked that the movie. Um, I loved that the movie like took the time to treat the death of half the universe as not just a plot device and just like yeah. a, as, just as a challenge to overcome, but as a reality that these people have to live with for the next five years, right? And yeah. um, and all the like little details that are never given exposition, like you, it's implied. Uh, in the visuals and the and the dialogue that uh, that the snap happened in the middle of a Mets game, and so yeah. therefore nobody like baseball stopped because like who who can watch a baseball game again after right. you're watching the Mets on TV or in the stadium and and half the population of the Earth dies, and so yeah. just like all these cars are abandoned in the in the stadium parking lot and like they don't the Mets don't don't play anymore. You know, right? Like, who, who, how can you recover from that memory, right? Yeah. Um. And so you don't get like the list. I love that you didn't get like the CNN talking head talking about oh, all the God, things, yeah. all the things that have stopped. <laughs> yeah. After the snap, it's just like mm -hmm. you get these hints that lots of stuff stopped. You don't need the list, right? Yeah, you don't need it. You, don't um, need it. you just need to know that the world is worse. In fact. I just thought of this today, you know, Thanos did this under the pretense that worlds would thrive if all their resources were um, doubled, you know, by having the population. But that is not the case. In fact, everything went to shit. Well, he Sanitation killed. Yeah. He didn't kill half the sentient life. So the rest would have like enough animals and plants to eat. He killed right. half of all living things. Right, exactly. So half the animals, half the yeah, exactly. Everyone's it didn't matter. Still scrabbling for the same amount of food they were before. Yeah. What a dumbass. <laughs> oh, good. We have more minerals and ore. <laughs> well, again, that's just, just that's, as scarce as it ever was. Thanks a lot, Thanos. Yeah, because that well, he, he he only knows one tool. That's it. That's he. In, and since he's just a, a, a agent of death, that's all he really, really was doing it for. You know, and you so, could have left the birds, so he right. wouldn't know that the second snap worked because birds started singing again. <laughs> right. And, then, and I was very happy that Ant Man got that moment, though, as short lived as it was, because it was his um, un, un, uh, inability to let the idea go that actually ended up bringing everything around so it was nice to that he I, I i i do love how the movie with the exception of some things in the battle which you just can't do i, I love how seriously the movie treated each of these characters emotional need and and having their um uh having their moments and not only just giving it to them but taking this time with it and, and like, like, honestly, I think Paul Rudd's moment when he sees Cassie five years older might be his best for acting ever. That was, uh, yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, I, it's really affecting. But, oh, yeah. I mean, back back to the snap. Um, yes, I'm so glad they didn't have that the media and world governments weren't involved in this movie at all. It was it's it was all about loss and healing, and like um, uh, and, and and duty. But and so they didn't want to you know, like all that would just obscure everything. Although you have to admit, 
after the snap happens, you know, the world doesn't know about Thanos. So the Avengers had to probably come out and tell the world what happened. Right. <laughs> right. You know, well, this happened because of this. I thought about that, too. But... You know, um, and then, you know, the governments would probably be all like, why didn't you bring us into or whatever? What could you have done? <laughs> all that shit. But I'm glad they didn't mess with any of that. Um, and when you think about it, the world, if the world suddenly lost half of its population of, of all living things, not just humans, things would be a lot worse than, than what they even showed it. I mean, power systems wouldn't work anymore. Nuclear power plants probably couldn't be maintained. You know, medical, all the people who are on, in, in, uh, if there were people remaining in medical care, there wouldn't be the staff to take care of them. Um, it, it, think of all this. And you remember how, how and, and I, can, I can nitpick on this, but I really don't care. But if you think about, remember they, they made a point to, that Tony keeps saying to the Hulk and everything like, just bring back the people who were lost in the snap. Don't bring in nobody else. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I see why you want to do that. Because that if you if you open it up to bringing anybody back, then you've you can undo a lot of things that the stories that the MCU has has like you go, well, why can't we bring in the people who died fighting Thanos? You know, like the Wakandans and all the people who died in those battles. Yeah. Why can't you bring back uh, th this and you know and, and blah blah blah? But well, also, what about the people who died? peripherally because of the, Thanos, the snap what about the people who committed suicide because they couldn't deal with half, half the world vanishing their loved ones vanishing what about the people who died you know because their the medical care wasn't there anymore or systems went to hell and all that stuff and then when the snap comes back you got people who have lost five years they're behind everyone else and people have who tried to move on maybe they're remarried or killed themselves or you know <laughs> All the stuff that they did trying to cope that would just wreck them now to be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, what what about all that? So that's obviously too heavy for this superhero fantasy movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is plenty heavy already. So um, but yeah, there's all that things you can think of. But again, the movie is so good. I 100 percent do not care. <laughs> That that wasn't as realistic as it could be. We don't need to know all the logistics. You don't need to. Mm. What's the whose term is it? Was it a Roger Ebert turn? Uh, you don't need the space pad. We don't need to add the space oh. pads to all the scenes in Star Wars, so you find out <laughs> how they got from planet A to planet B. Right, oh, right. the ship took off from that pad and landed on that pad. You don't need right, to see yeah, all that. You don't need you know? to see it. Um, uh, you figured it was hard and it was worth it you know or something <laughs> something along those lines um uh although based on what you do see on screen i did wonder so hulk does the second snap he brings all the people back to life who died in the first snap he also apparently brings back their cell phones and cell phone plans <laughs> <laughs> Sprint's just like, hey, they're all. I mean, even if Clint didn't have That's the heart really to cancel his AT and T bill <laughs> when he 
but he went probably off murdering all the criminals of the world. And let's be generous and say that he had it on like direct deposit or direct withdrawal, and he had a a healthy enough savings bank that even when he's like gone underground on his on his Frank Castle like killing spree, that the bill is still getting paid, and so the service is still up and running. Like when That's she awesome. reappears, she's like immediately calls. The house has been abandoned for a number of years. <laughs> so even if it hasn't been like torn down and or like sold to other people, like her cell phone's probably been misplaced. Right. <laughs> Cause if she appears right where she did before, which is what they imply with because Spider Man reappears on Titan, right? Yeah. He says he we just all peered back there. She's out serving breakfast serving lunch. Table. Well, lunch and she's is like gone. lunch table. is just gone. <laughs> and then uh, uh and if she looks around, she might have had her cell phone on her, maybe, but it's yeah. not gonna be charged. I mean she's gotta <laughs> she's gotta find it, she's gotta plug it in. Well, if she's you remember like, wait a minute for it to get like a minimum charge. Right. So if you, but if you remember the Winter Soldier's metal hand evaporated in the ash in the snap and all their clothes evaporated in the snap their so costumes yeah that's right so maybe she had it in her pocket but yeah maybe that's, anything with like personally identifying information on it <laughs> right uh, disappeared and so your cell phone would count yeah okay all right yeah still the plan would be gone you, it wouldn't sync up to to the yeah no way your no prize <laughs> is in the mail yeah it's it, it, in game is is filled with so much so much that I love that I don't even really can't access it all at the same time. And I almost <laughs> think it's better just to say it's great and leave it at that. <laughs> it's kind of sprawling. Yeah. Um, um, well, here, I, I can hazard uh, uh, some entry points for discussion. Okay, great. And this is going to sound like I'm going to try to go scene by scene, but I, I promise I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I so, so, um, uh, so Captain Revel's shows up they got a plan they they know where he is they go they kill him right right like wow that was fast and yeah. unexpected like and what are they gonna do now like I, tragic, I thought, yeah we're gonna just gonna be more like kick-ass adventures like we're gonna have to find new ways to fight this guy with infinity stones but like no it's like that's out of the equation already so like okay so what are they gonna do problem solving we know this is gonna involve ant-man in the quantum realm because we know he's there and so, mm. oh, here we are in a time travel. Turns out we're in a time travel movie after all. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this could be cool. I'm generally not a fan of time travel stories. Same here. Um, uh, I think they are a big minefield, a big storytelling minefield. Yeah. Um, and uh, are more often than not unsatisfying to me. But um, I'm like, okay, I'm game. But then when they're... When they are sitting around, like trying to think of all of the history of the of the Infinity Stones. Okay, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. But when they're lying around thinking, okay, Infinity Stone, what do we know about them? What do we know where, where they are? It seems to me like these are the writers in the writers' room <laughs> trying to figure out how the hell they're gonna write this movie. And like. Hey, let's just record this. It was like it's like uh, the song Twenty Five or Six to Four, which is just about trying to write Twenty Five or Six to Four. <laughs> I think, what do we do for these scenes? Oh, let's just take that transcript from the from the writers' room. And <laughs> you're telling me that at one point there were three Infinity Stones in New York. 
And so at this point I was like, oh, this is going to be a dumb movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was hoping for like a really cool, like elegantly constructed, like kick-ass epic movie. But okay. It's a time, it's a, it's a time travel caper. All right. Okay. I, I was hoping for more. This is probably going to be dumb, but I'm just going to try to sit back and enjoy it, right? And so when they jump back into uh, Avengers, they're in Stark Tower, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be just like a slapstick. We're just here for a tour through... Tour, yeah. A tour through our favorite moments through uh, the Marvel I, Universe. I, I was All very right. afraid of the greatest hit syndrome. That okay. they were just going to go through those and then actually ruin those moments. That's what I was afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, uh, so I, I'd made a list ahead of time before I went and saw <laughs> yeah. the movie of things I wanted to see and did not want to see in Avengers yeah. Endgame. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two on the list of things I did not want to see. I'll say, okay, I'll start with number one. Right. I started to think, what's the worst thing they could possibly do? And the vision that came to me was, so Iron Man has this nano, nano armor now that can kind of shapeshift right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I had a vision of Iron Man taking his nano suit and wrapping it around all the other Avengers. <laughs> Groot forming- style? And forming like the Super Avenger. Oh. <laughs> so they're like a Super Scrawl, Super Adaptoid, Mimic, Amazo, Composite Superman, Phantom Lantern, whatever you want to call it. It's like the Avengers version of that, where it's like one arm is Hulk's fist and the other arm is Captain America holding the shield. So it's Avengers as Voltron. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that would be the word. And then that that's the how they fight and then defeat Thanos. Uh, uh, Thanos. Um, that's uh, awesome. Although that uh, that would still be better than um, what I thought. Sometimes I don't go through the toy aisle at the store yeah. uh, before a big movie's coming out because sometimes a toy set will like tell you blow it, like yeah. a setting or a character. Like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be in this movie, and so I, yeah. I like I, I don't want to be spoiled by the toys. But I saw on an end cap at Target a Thanos-themed, an Avengers with Thanos-themed matchbox car set where each Avenger, I tweeted you a picture of this, where each oh. Avenger has their own race car. Right. Like custom paint job, mm-hmm. souped up car, and they're all jumping them on ramps at Thanos to defeat him. So, so like, it's okay. Fast and Furious Avengers. There was like a Fast and Furious <laughs> version of the Avengers. That's probably not in the movie, right? I didn't just that just didn't get spoiled for me, right? Okay. Um, number uh, number two on my list though was um, uh, we saw in a, a teaser trailer Tony Stark in the ship stranded. Mm-hmm. Running out of oxygen, he's going to be out of running out of oxygen by tomorrow morning, and so the whole what we get is a, a freezer episode, the meat locker episode of the sitcom where the characters are locked in the meat locker, and so they all right. reminisce about <laughs> previous episodes, and you just see a bunch of clips, and it's that's how they save budget. That you know? would be so infuriating for the people. Like, remember <laughs> when? And W L like. Who is Dr. Henry Selvig? <laughs> oh, well, 
you see, there was this time when... (laughs) That that should exist anyway. I think that should be made... Wouldn't that be the greatest prank of all, just to put that out first? And they go, no, this is in-game. Avengers, no, really, this is this is really in-game. Then the movie comes out. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, on the list of <laughs> things I, I, I... This is what I predicted. I didn't say whether I wanted to see it or not. But I was saying to my kids, what haven't we seen in an MCU movie that might show up in this one? And I was thinking, a nut shot. We haven't seen a nut shot yet in an MCU movie. And oh. goddamn, I called that one. <laughs> I can't, I couldn't believe it when it happened. I'm like, my fists went up in the theater. I was like, <laughs> called it. I should have put money. If, if there was a line oh. on Vegas or I could have put money on There'll be a nut shot in Avengers Endgame. Man. Oh, oh, that's amazing. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, boy. Other things on the list. uh, I wanted to see Cap getting his shield back. Got that. Mm -hmm. Rocket building something cool. Because we didn't get that in Infinity War. And I still didn't get it. Rocket was really dis he not he, well served by two of the two of the best MCU movies with Rocket pretty prominent in them. He was very ill served by both of them. Yeah, there, I guess the writers didn't really understand that was the big big part of his personality. He wasn't just a wisecracker. He's a tinkerer. He's yeah, a, yeah. He Which, be, we should at least see him trying to solve this problem. Right. You see him building stuff, but it's not his stuff. Right? He's right. building he's building the remember when Tony calls him Ratchet and he's underneath the 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 platform building the the device that's going to send them back, the quantum platform. And uh but you don't really get to see him. He's more really on emotional other emotional maintenance for other people. He's mainly Thor's uh um spirit guide. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Which is which is shows growth for his character and um yeah. And I, I mean and, we get to see him hold hands with Nebula and that's a nice moment. That is a really nice moment. Yeah. And and, and the fact that again we talk a lot about the tone of movies and specifically the tone of the MCU movies and how you impress how they're able to get it. Imagine this is a movie and we thought Infinity War had it rough i mean not rough but like did this exceeding well but do you remember the the places that this movie cuts between back and forth between you know 1940s you know uh, uh new jersey to you know a raccoon and a and a viking with walking around together <laughs> and there's a cut specifically that cuts from uh, Howard Stark getting into his limo with I, I I cheered to see James Darcy in there as Jarvis. I was yeah. so excited to see him. I was like, yeah, that was such a nice. Glad they put that, that in there. What? That was a nice moment. It was yeah. a nice moment. And so um, that uh, 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 Howard Stark gets in the car, says, oh, "It's a weird beard, though," and then cuts to Thanos' ship going through a nebula. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and yet this is the same movie, and it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it's it incredible. It, it, it's it's it, it, it's it's a tonal. It's a tonal masterpiece, really. I mean, it's it's amazing that it all works, and a credit. It's to, like a bunch of different movies stitched together that it, work. You know, right? There's yeah. the right. There's the melancholy part, and then there's Operation Time Crime or whatever. Right. Time, Time heist. heist. Uh, you know, with all the slapstick business in uh, in Stark Tower, uh, Loki stealing the Tesseract and disappearing, which is very funny. And which is um, in, in th- it now is with the mechanics that they laid out for time in this movie. Uh, is does that mean that he's still out there? And that's <sighs> what the Disney okay. Loki series is probably going to be, or is this is that collapsed with because the the but, Hulk's interpretation okay. of time was a little strange, I thought. But like, go ahead. Do we want to discuss uh, time mechanics? Oh well, yeah, like, let's okay, okay, let's do it now. All, All right. right. Okay, so if you take out an Infinity Stone, you make a branch reality, right? Right, but isn't that true of a baseball mitt as well, right? Okay, you're talking about Hawkeye's baseball mitt that he brings back with him. I mean, wouldn't it be the same... Well, that that was currently in present day or whatever, but like... Well, no, it wasn't. Wouldn't that be the same... Thing though, like anything taken is going to create an alternate reality because it's not there. The pin particles being gone is going to create an ultimate reality. The... So, the ancient one. <sighs> okay, so ancient one says the infinity stones themselves make up the time stream. Yeah, but then Thanos destroys the infinity stones at so... the beginning of the movie. So, what happened to time? Well, we don't get an explanation for that, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. So they've... Okay, right. So we don't know what happens <laughs> if all the Infinity Stones are destroyed. Right. We also don't know what happens when... Uh... Okay, so Ancient One says, you take out an Infinity Stone, you make a branch reality. Right. Because it's no longer holding together the main timeline. Right. Right. So as soon as they take out the first, as soon as Loki takes out an Infinity Stone or whatever, I don't know, whenever, whenever they take out an Infinity Stone, they're creating a branch reality. Thanos, where the movie starts getting juicy, when Thanos learns yeah. about the plot, I'm like, ooh, now this movie's going to be good. Yeah. Like I was, I, I, you know, I was on the right. I was on, on the part where I'm like, okay, this movie's going to be dumb, but enjoyable, and I'll just try to enjoy it. But then when Thanos learns, I'm like, ooh, things just got juicy. Like, yeah. okay. But he's on, a, he's on a black timeline branching off from the gold one, right? And then he crosses over into the gold one. Right. And so now the black one, we've already broken the Ancient One's model because they haven't they can't by putting the infinity stones back they were supposed to have cut off that black right branch timeline so it never it's never, like it never it happened never happened but it already crossed over into the gold one so which means thanos died in the gold one a nebula from the black one not a nebula a gamora from the black one we think it's still walking around in the gold one now Right, because because we didn't see her. We don't know what 
happened to her with the finger snap. And so she might still be in the in the gold timeline. So it's all got screwed up. But, so they've Well, I I wait, I took it to mean I took it to mean that if you take the infinity stone out of so the gold stream is time. If you go back in time and take the time stone out and bring it back into forward in time, it creates this on the gold timeline, it creates the black one that goes off from there. But what's the, how do you know that Thanos isn't already still in the gold the the Thanos that learns of the plan isn't already in the gold timeline. How do you know he's in the black timeline? Because he only learns of the plan from them having interfered with the timeline. So he's in a timeline where they've removed Infinity Stone. War Machine takes it. That's a he second black line, not the time stone. Sure. There's a time stone. Every time stu- they take yeah. out Infinity Stone, they, they're creating a new branch timeline. Yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 According to the ancient one, According the way she explains one. it. Well, she might be oversimplifying it. <laughs> Maybe just a little. Because the Hulk says something that I, 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 he runs through it so fast just to get you to not think about it. Because doesn't the Hulk say you, if you leave your present to go to the past, you can't change your past. And you, cha- you do something in that past and come back into, he said, that's your, that's your present. And then when you come back into the future, that's, or, or, or he makes it sound like he, he gives a very individualized version of time. Like it's just your right. past. It's just your past and your present. So you can't, anything, well, you can't change that's the past. That's, that, that's, that's, that's Einstein. That's relativism. So that's, that's okay. um, a relativity. Sorry. Um, you can't change your own personal past. But if you're going right? back into the past and changing yeah, you, know, you can't change your own personal past, but you've affected the entire world if you remove something from the past, right? Yes. Otherwise, you've created, you've created, you've, you've created a new... So right. you you already experienced the gold timeline. Right. Okay, so you're, you're born at point A in the gold timeline. Mm-hmm. You live past... You live to point B in the in, in the gold timeline. In the gold timeline, you travel backwards to point C, which is somewhere in between 1970, say, or 2012, New York City, and now you're going forward on the gold path a second time, right? Right. Um, but an older version of you, and so you've you've experienced all of that. So now, if you change something in the gold timeline. Now you're traveling along a, ba- a black branch timeline. Right. Right? But you you can't undo the gold timeline because you've already traveled on it. Right. Okay. So that gold timeline is still there but will unravel if all the time stones are removed from it. I don't know. They actually don't say what happens to the gold timeline. Hmm. It's just that you're creating black timelines. Maybe they all just become black timelines. And it's just a multiverse. It's like the gold timeline is just unraveling into mm-hmm. a maximum of six <laughs> branch timelines. <laughs> Unless you can use an infinity stone to create yeah. more infinity stones, say, an infinity of them. <laughs> it is kind of weird that how many infinity stones are there? Six. <laughs> what oh, if well, there were of... more? Nope, 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 six. Kind of thought there'd be more. Like, I'm just thinking of Doctor Strange going through uh, all the the multitudes of the universe 
to, of uh, all, all the different possibilities to find out one where they might win. And he comes back. He goes, how many did we win? Well, one, I, I see a rat is walking through a van. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Dr. Strange bothered to continue looking at that one timeline after about three or four years looking through it going, well, nothing's happening here. <laughs> I guess I better this, jump out. This and, one sucks. This one sucks. <laughs> But no, wait, there's a rat that's going to walk through a storage facility pretty soon. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for the things that I didn't want to see in Endgame, I, I basically only had two things and they both were in it. But I was fine with it. It was basically, it was time travel. I, I kind of didn't want to see time travel, but I figured it was unavoidable. We were yeah, getting hits too. here and there. And if you go back and you watch Infinity War, there's a lot of discussion of time, but not of time travel, but it's a lot of discussion. of it. And I, I think I got that no time travel thing in my head because of the post-credit sequence in Ant-Man the Wasp, where Michelle Pfeiffer just throws in, oh, and don't get sucked into a time vortex. We might not be able to get you back. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, don't let that toff, tossed off, half-assed written line of dialogue be what in-game is about. And it was. Yeah. But I was fine with it. They they dramatically made that very, very real and vital and dramatically, not scientifically. They made it very real and vital <laughs> and mattering. So I didn't mind it so much. Uh, and it made sense, even if they hadn't threw that line in, you know, like... That's just it. I was in there for five hours. But it wouldn't have mattered because Paul Rudd doesn't seem to fucking age. That's right. <laughs> so it wouldn't have mattered That's if right. he had had... Maybe he was in there for five years. Who knows? Um, but I... Yeah, and I bet he didn't play Nick Fury. They wouldn't have had to use... Uh, <laughs> had to use anything. <laughs> um, special effects. And I was really, really fearful that they were going to... That the greatest hit syndrome of going through all the movies we love. Um, even, and, and Dark World... <laughs> Uh, would would have um, would 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 ruin things, and while I did kind of question the uh, I questioned the intelligence of the plan to give Tony mild cardiac arrest to get the the thing away when yeah. he could very easily have just climbed inside the case and knocked it out of his hand himself, you yeah. know. It was like, why did you go through all that stuff? What does it matter if they if they know you did it or not? You know, you guys. And then the fact that Tony was there when Alexander with Alexander Pierce in, in the pat. Tony was in that room when the Hulk angrily came down the stairs. So that would have been a moment to remember, right? That the Hulk yeah. smashed into that out. And by the way, what did happen in real? In, this in, was this was the dumb part of the movie. Yeah, that was, they had to fail, and I got it. But that was this was the one scene that I was like. Oh, they really didn't know what to do here. Yeah, like, like, like this. This could have been better. But I did like the cap fight, the two caps fighting each other. But and also when they, uh, here's a moment where they did something that I my heart sank, and I went, oh, don't, don't do this. Uh, was when Cap gets in the elevator with most of the same guys from Winter Soldier. Uh huh. And I went, oh no! And they're all giving him the same looks. Yeah, and I'm like, and they're doing this. I'm like, don't do this again. That scene was so great. Don't just sit there. But then they they pulled it out. 
they 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 Bob Rossed it in my opinion when you know when he takes a good painting and then you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do this. And then smears half of it with black paint. You're like, oh, yeah. Bob, you're never going to make that. You're never going to pull yourself out of this. And then he you makes it done. And then he makes it better than it was. And you're like, yeah. how did you do that? Um, they Bob Rossed it by him just going, it's okay. Hail Hydra. The, the whole audience I saw it in cheered. Yeah, that was great. Because it was because he doesn't have to fight any of those guys. He can just go, hey, because he knows what they're about now. It's great. It did make me wonder, is Chris Evans one of those people who can't whisper? Because <laughs> some people can't. So, 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 like, you're saying that he and Trump share that one quality? I'm going to or Don tell Jr. you Don really Jr. secret. Hail Hydra. <laughs> now, he didn't even, like, he didn't even manage to whisper. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. He just yeah. leans in. So you said it in my ear louder. Hail Hydra, guys. Hail Hydra, right? <laughs> Hail Hydra, everyone. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was a I nice. Mean, I'm just saying, Gary Shandling did it better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't be knocking my Chris Evans, but okay. All right. You're right. But yeah, no, I feel like the I felt like they I did not experience that icky kind of. They're just playing all their own. It just seemed necessary to the story, and I I really dug. I I was very happy. I also really appreciate all the things that they put in that they didn't necessarily comment on, um, that they didn't put arrows on. But the like, my favorite thing, and this gives me so much joy, and I really don't know, I oh, I know why, but um, the fact that Cap, that Steve Rogers is uh, um, leading therapy sessions, mm-hmm. was so touching to me because. He's doing that because that's what Sam did. That's what Sam oh, did. Oh, yeah. When he left, he was helping PTSD-stricken soldiers after he got out of the service. That's and, right. And that's just, that's so touching to me. That was his way of paying tribute. That's great. I totally missed that. Well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't need to say, you know, I do this because of my friend Sam. That would have been bad. But just the people who remember that scene where he's like, you you thinking about getting out? What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I want. And then when Sam's gone, he falls, he takes up Sam's mantle. And then that's another good reason why he gives Sam the mantle of Captain America. It's like an so It's a, they Wait, trade each other's shoes. The, the movie's full of callbacks like that, but that's a really subtle one. Kudos for yeah. picking up on that. Well, it just—I—I I love Sam and Cap so much that that it uh, it as soon as soon as he was sitting, as soon as he was the one leading the group when you, he's not just attending, I went, oh my god, and I just started crying immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really it was really sweet. The, that section uh, of the movie is so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. The whole movie could have just been that, and I would have thought, what a lovely movie. <laughs> what a lovely movie, exactly. Although I have to admit, when these days though, when I think of Endgame, the first thing I think of is tacos. <laughs> I don't Seriously. know why. I don't know why, but the taco scene. I'm also one like, of the weirder music cues <laughs> in all of the MCU too. Right. Well, you know, needs that you put that up. Yeah, it it was because you're like, what am I watching now? Because the music yeah. cue fits the next scene what they cut to, but that moment is like. 
just suddenly, suddenly Hulk becomes like hippie Johnny Appleseed <laughs> bestowing tacos <laughs> on the needy, you know? You're like, what's going on? What am I watching? But I, I think I know. I, 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 I understand the choice, though, because yeah. what that music who is doing and what that scene is doing, it's a weird scene. And it seems just like a weird bit of comic business and kind of a, a launch pad moment. Um, <laughs> like, here's how they all yeah. get there, um, uh, which they don't bother with with other characters like Captain Marvel. Um, but like the whole movie, the whole theme of the movie is just about relationships. Yeah. And. Yeah. Well, the reason all the flashback stuff works is because once you get past like the very first round of them, they're all about reconnecting with relationships. And mm-hmm. and like this is why the snap mattered. And this is why like MCU movies succeed where DCU movies fail <laughs> is we can spend half an hour mourning <laughs> the loss of half the universe because they've got us to care about these people so much. Yeah. That just watching them be sad together is like still something worth watching. You know, yeah. it's okay. It's okay that there's only like three battle scenes in this movie, right? In right, right, a three-hour yeah. movie, right? Like, it's it's okay because like what's the great about the movie is how much these people mean to each other mm-hmm. and how much they've come to mean to us. And so when all the flashbacks end up being about Tony reconnecting with his father. Uh, you know, Cap seeing Peggy, Captain the... and Peggy. You know, it, it's it's that's when it's when it becomes clear that the the flashbacks, the 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 time travel slash flashbacks are really about mm-hmm. cementing the yeah. those themes. It's it's like the planted memories in Captain Marvel. It just becomes a really well constructed yeah. plot, even if like logistically and scientifically, like things something just don't make sense. It works yeah. because it all works on the emotional level, exactly. and it's all—it's all about the character's journey, and how they're developing, and how that, how how that enhances the themes of the of the, yeah. of the movie, and that's why it all works. Exactly, well said. And it's just all like constructed, as much as anything, is a, a goodbye love letter to to Captain America and, and Iron Man. Yeah. And the moment where Captain America and Iron Man not only did they reconcile earlier, but but when they decide to go back to the forties, when they mess up the two thousand twelve time heist. Uh, Seventy, like, nineteen seventy. Seventies, I'm sorry. Going um um oh yeah, Mungo Jerry, that's right. Going back to the seventies, where it's it's do you trust me? This is nice. It's it's a hard it's I don't know, just to getting those two to the point where they'll trust each other again is is very Now, in addition to the beautiful thing that I'm tempted to repeat worse uh, that you just said, (laughs) um, there are other pairings that I initially had thought were strange were actually really well thought out too, like like when Nebula and War Machine go to get the Power Stone. Yeah. Uh, This is the most charming version of Don Cheadle Rhodey. Yeah. In the MCU, I'm like... Oh, they found out how to make him fun for me. Yeah, is to pair him with Nebula. Okay. Right. Was the the it, it doesn't logistically makes no sense like the, why those two would be sent on that particular mission. Like oh, because they don't need to breathe oxygen. Oh, Rhodey has his mask off. He doesn't need the oxygen anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But then the other the other thing was um uh that uh, uh 
was this that moment of where she says, I didn't used to be like this. And he says, me neither. You realize, oh, they're actually more kindred spirits than I thought. Yeah. And, and then I realized yeah, that, yeah, that moment, yeah. it was a great pairing. And and also, the, oh, things, um, things, one of the things I did want to see in Endgame was Nebula getting a bigger part. And I we did get that. Now, and I... She's, yeah, she's the... She's the third character in this. The top three characters in this movie are Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, and Nebula. And Nebula, right? And she's yeah. gets, she gets a a, a a very nice um, prominence. Um, however, the and, and she's great in it, and both the writing and the acting. It's I, I love Nebula in this movie. I totally agree. Yeah, she's. I wasn't I wasn't a huge Nebula fan, um, but now I am, and now I want to go back and watch. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies just for Nebula, uh, yeah. just for her arc. Uh, Bob, you know, our friend Bob, Mighty Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we saw Endgame with him. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, Bob has a – he's extremely well-spoken individual, very smart, very funny. You have very um, – you have, you have, you have uh, polar opposite friends, don't you? <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying I'm the polar opposite of Bob. <laughs> In that regard, I'm not well spoken. <laughs> Here's one way in which you are polar opposites, in that uh, Bob has a way of saying something to you, construct it in a way to make you feel as dumb as possible. <laughs> that is kind of true, right? And like, yeah. like if you disagree with what I'm saying, you're obviously wrong, right. you know. And what he said both before and after we saw Endgame, which is uh, Nebula is by far the most compelling character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and, you know, and he locks eyes, eyes with you, you and you're saying it, and he says it slowly. Yeah. Like you're not even explaining it to a child. <laughs> Nebula is by is. far <laughs> the most compelling character in the Marvel Cinematic I can Universe. totally see him saying that. Like, it's so not even close that how could you even, how could you even consider, how could you not even? <laughs> and I'll, yeah, if you had asked me how I wanted the movie to begin, which by the way, the opening cold with Hawkeye is devastating. Oh yeah. Devastating. Yeah. Like, and yet we knew it was coming. And yet still when Kate vaporizes, we all, the whole audience just, they lose their their stomachs drop to the floor. It's, as soon as you see Hawkeye and his daughter, and yeah. like, oh shit, oh it's shit, about to happen. yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, yeah, yeah. Really, kind of, and, I, and like all those anti-Hawkeye people out there can go fuck themselves. <laughs> 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 I don't know. So like, um, I, I like Hawkeye. So like, anyway, they they, um, and then the music cue I was gonna bring up earlier, where they cut into Dear Mister Fantasy. I remember at first. Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, I felt like I was like, is this like you just kind of was, it kind of put you in a world that you didn't know, like why, how, how we were going to feel and be ready to expect anything. And then yet the more I saw it again, when I saw it again, and then when I listened to the song on my own, you realize it's perfect. It's a perfect song for that movie in that moment, the beginning of the movie. It is perfect that I have no idea why. So tell me why. I've been trying to figure this out too. I I like that I didn't. um, 
Well, 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 it wasn't. I know why they chose it now because the lyrics is "Dear Mr. Fantasy, sing us, tell us a song or sing us a song, something to make us all happy." And and the song is at once upbeat and melancholy, and is in need of in need of something's missing and wrong, and it needs it needs something good, and which is what in game is there to provide it's to provide healing infinity war as i said before took me to the place that's the only comparable feeling i had was uh november six the election in november 2016 and 9-11 and in infinity war the end of infinity war those all had the well then infinity war was the movie that most closely simulated that experience for me um and then endgame is what we need now which is healing from that and having reasons to go on and, and reasons to reclaim and, and, and restore. But yeah, if you look, if you read the lyrics, they're like, you go, oh, I know why they chose that. And then they move into um, something if you'd add, like, like, remember I said, so if you'd asked me what Rick Deckard was going to be doing 40 years later in, 2000, in Blade Runner 2049, I wouldn't have thought beekeeping in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that to a, a detriment in a way. But if you'd asked me what I thought, how Endgame was going to open, it would be Tony Stark and Nebula playing paper football in space. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that either, but it, I loved it. it. It was exactly what... And, and we see it the second time, you know, you, it's, it's the, the almost fatherly view he's taken toward Nebula there is... Like the whole, even the whole, the whole, se- the whole sequence there. Him playing, trying to just patiently saying, you know, like, well, this is how you, you do this, and this is how they. There, I'm instructing you on what it is to have fun. That's the game. Did you have fun? Good. It was fun. You know, and then and then the scenes where you know she's offering her the food and she pushes it back to him. Yeah. All of these little things just tear me up. Then she gives him a banky. Gives him a baby. I was surprised that Tony was rescued so quickly in the movie. Like I figured that was gonna I figured that was gonna be a more drawn out experience. I just figured logically it would be. And like that would be a mission that they would have to go on. Yeah. Yeah. But in a way, that's not the So it felt like a logic it felt like a logistics cleanup the first time I saw it. I'm just because I'm getting oriented and like, oh, he's saved already. But that's not what the movie was about. It wasn't about rescuing Tony. It was about healing Tony, and uh, well, not, I mean, and everyone else, you know. And to have him come off the ship, and the first thing he says to Cap is, "I lost the kid." Yeah. And then his okay. response: "We lost. You didn't lose the kid. We lost the kid. We doing this together." So, all right. So let's talk about Captain Marvel in this movie, since you talk uh, about. Since you brought up Tony yeah. getting rescued. Well, I think you kind of already summed it up perfectly, which was like, she's a story, she's so powerful, she's a story wrecker. So you had to get rid of her. You know, you had to send her off taking care of the entire other rest of the universe so we could actually have conflict. <laughs> because, and, and, and they, rec- they actually recognize that by saying, her arriving there and saying, well, let's go get him. I'm going to go kill him right now. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, wait, wait, hold on. You gotta, you gotta deal with us, plebes. We're the movie. 
And then she's not even the one who kills him. And then she doesn't even play an instrumental role at the end of the movie at the final conflict when she shows up again. It's a cool moment when the guns turn turn. and they're shooting in the clouds like, what's going on? Oh, tomorrow's coming back. And, you know, and then you think, oh, well, here's going to be a huge kick-ass battle with Captain Marvel. But she really just like holds his fingers apart and then gets blasted away, you know? And it's like, in this movie, her role, I mean, the fact that they had Captain Marvel like teased at the end of Infinity War, and then this is the one that's going to come out right before Endgame, it seems like, oh, well, they're setting her up because she's going to be instrumental in yeah. in what happens in Endgame. And she's really like, she's a taxi cab. She just, right. she just gets people from point A to point B, and that's all she is in the movie. Yeah, that's a problem. However, uh, one thing I didn't—I I guess the thing I didn't have on my list of things I didn't want to see was I didn't want—I didn't want Captain Marvel to be. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was the Avengers that had to ultimately deal with everything because it's their movie, it's their story arc. If Captain Marvel just comes in and single-handedly takes care of everything. Then we've then we don't have any we don't have the, the the experience that we came to see, and that's not that's not any diss on Captain Marvel. I'm just saying that we're we're there to see this the the, the emotional character arcs of all the Avengers. So but she could still be like a Gandalf. I mean, yeah, you, that's true. You know, Lord of the Rings is Frodo's movie and it's Aragorn's movie, mm-hmm. right? It's their it's their story, and Gandalf is like a facilitator. True. Along the way, and you know, and overpowers all of them, and she could have like, played that role. Like here, here's, here's the missing ingredient that you were missing that you needed to beat Thanos. I, I will show you right. what it is. Um, I might not be there at the end for whatever reason, but I, or maybe I will. You know, maybe I have to like take a vacation for key parts <laughs> of the plot to make the things harder. But then I'll show up at the end. Gandalf does that too. Okay, but so she is kind of a Gandalf. But she's she, she but she could she could have been like provided something that they needed, yeah. And but all she all of this is taxi service. Yeah, it's that, not. She, she, even and then for she the Infinity them. Gauntlets, she yeah. taxis the Infinity Gauntlet across the battlefield to a van that blows up. <laughs> yeah, poor Luis's van. And then she occupies Thanos for like less time than uh, Scarlet Witch does. Yeah, it's surprising how uh, she disappears there. And kind of clumsy. However, there was a moment in the movie, and it happened both times that I saw it. It, I, I, I'm probably speaking totally out of turn here, but I thought there was a moment in her conflict with Thanos that is what every woman who's ever been hit really needed to see. And she gets headbutted. No, when she gets punched in the face by Thanos and when her fist goes away she hasn't moved she hasn't been affected at all I thought that was a headbutt was, was it a headbutt punch? oh I thought it was a punch I, I don't know I just saw purple come in front of the frame but it was just <laughs> move and she just stayed in there and the whole crowd goes nuts just yeah <laughs> now she's not immune to being swung and thrown well she got but power she can stoned. tuck a punch oh yeah yeah she got power stoned yeah um, um, so yeah, that was, uh, but that, that, that was a really satisfying moment of like, you're not going to 
that's not going to work with me. <laughs> it's a very satisfying moment. Um, uh, here, uh, here's my other thing. Okay. I got two more Captain Marvel points. One, like I said, Brie Larson in her own movie, very charming, um, very confident. This might not be the right term, but I would go to say cocksure. Yeah. Is that appropriate in this context? She was cocksure. Yeah. Um, hey, Peter Parker. But in in Endgame, she was just kind of a prick. I mean, I found her very unlikable hmm. in Endgame. She was just... Hmm. I didn't think she had any charisma whatsoever in Endgame. Well, I don't know if this has anything to do, anything to do, anything to do with it, but they shot Endgame before Captain Marvel. Well, that seems like a mistake. So, well, they shot... I, I mean... Yeah, I understand. They, they Logistically, shot Infinity, they had to schedule it how they could when they could get everyone. Because yeah, Infinity War and Endgame were shot at the same time. But what about? I mean, and so they shot. They hadn't figured. They had, she hadn't been through the full experience of doing her character, you know, as uh, through the movie and fit, finding that they, she had to do Captain Marvel the, the Endgame stuff first. So, I, but it's not in the script either. I mean, she's. She's she's got a little interaction with Thor, where she just mm -hmm. doesn't flinch, and he says she likes he likes her. Right. <laughs> but that you know, like she doesn't. There's no there's no play between her and any other character. She gets a, a line yeah. with Thor. She gets a line with Rhodey. Line with Rocket, when they're on the hologram. See when he says, "Hey, what are you gonna do? Get another haircut? Is that what you're gonna do?" Yeah. And she says something. And it's, and it's yeah, all like there's no. She has no like emotional connection point with anybody. Yeah. That that you're yeah that that's first and foremost that's probably the weak link with Captain Marvel in this movie. She other than Fury, which uh, she only really got that out in the. Uh, um, well, no, she did when she when she's looking at all the people pictures. The hologram. Hologram. Yeah. Fury comes up and she's affected, but these guys she doesn't really have any attachment to. Period. And he goes, yeah. don't, "Don't don't you know we're named after you?" And she doesn't even have a <laughs> special connection to, to Thanos, you know? Right. He's just like, "Well, let's get him." Yeah. She just knows it's like. So I yeah, mean, she's, she's had her own experiences with half the universe dying, but we don't. We don't see any of that. We don't. We're not given any access into her emotional state at all in this movie. Yeah, she's just. All she's pure attitude. Right. Which I would I could argue isn't is, not needed because it's not her movie. It's the Avengers movie. We need to. We've got too many characters that we need to, you know, find resolve for, but. The fact that they're able to do it with so many other characters makes you think they could have done it with her too. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what their strategy was with her. Well, I think yeah, I think she was a problem they had to deal with rather than something they could incorporate and use. It's, it's a problem completely of their own making. I don't. Why is she a problem they had to deal with? Yeah, I don't know. Which gets me to my real point. In hindsight, would Captain Marvel have been better as a non-MCU movie? Ooh. And I and I think it would have been. Yeah, maybe you lose Nick. You lose Nick Fury. You lose a Tesseract. You didn't need the Tesseract. You didn't need Ronan no. the Accuser. No, you didn't need any of them. 
I mean, you need any of that. I mean, yeah, of all the connective tissue, even like Demon, I don't know how to say his name, Demon Hunsu, one of the one of the Yon Rugs. Uh, I forget his name in the movie. He's also in Guardians as the same character. That really didn't have any. Oh, who was he in Guardians? He was which the, one? Is- he he was the the one who finds Peter Quill in the um. Uh, you know, <laughs> my name's Star Lord. Who? Star Lord, you know, okay, fine. He's one of the guys that he's one of uh, Ronan's um, henchmen. That he comes in when Quill is stealing the Power Stone the first time. Oh, is that the only time you see him? No, he 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 has a battle at the end. Um, he he's chasing him throughout the movie, and then he comes in and in his battle, and someone rips out his little machine thing in his head. I forget who, uh, what happened. I obviously a very memorable character. Yeah, not yeah. They they apparently he's a much more memorable character in the comics than they they squandered it. And okay. him as an actor too. In both movies really. The fact the fact that there's this problem in 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 game regarding Captain Marvel's all-powerfulness reminds me of the Mitchell and Webb sketch uh Angel Summoner and BMX Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen or heard? Have you seen this? No. It's it's a, it's a series. I think it's in the first episode of uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, where there's like a recurring segment throughout the episode where it's a it's a superhero <laughs> team where one can summon angels, the other rides a BMX. <laughs> so the BMX bandits, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that room with all the guy holding that girl hostage. I'm going to pop a wheelie. They're distracting him. And I'm going to take out all the guys with guns and then you untie the girl. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a good plan. But uh, Or I could just summon a horde of angels and they could just take care of all of it. <laughs> but then what do I do? Well, we'll just, we'll just have the angels do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can still pop the wheelie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll send you the link if you want. It's really funny. Um. So yeah, so Captain Marvel presents that same problem. Like what the, 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 she's effectively made the Avengers the BMX bandit. You're right, yeah. And so their decision on how to deal with it was tie her up with stuff we don't know about. And or just knock her aside and then forget about her for a while. Oh, you know, okay, so you mentioned you mentioned the earned uh the unearned girl power moment in the in or in Avengers, I think. Did, uh, I, did I call it unearned? No, you, you didn't call it unearned. You called it something else. You said it was more effective in, in Captain Marvel. You know, yeah, I, I, I didn't... I I still liked just seeing all the... the I liked seeing all the women of the MCU together in that moment. Because I, I, it just made you realize, oh gosh, how many there are. They're, they're, and there's also awesome... But there's two. There were two problems with that moment. One, I think all those people would be better serving the battle by not just walking together and like actually doing stuff, <laughs> gauging in the battle. And then the there's other, lots of milling about in this battle. Yeah, let's and, be let's and, be honest. And then the other part is when you know Peter's is given the sad line of setting up, setting it all up. It's like I don't know how you're gonna get it over there, but like Captain Marvel doesn't need any of those people to get That's that right. over there. That's right. Not a single one. Mantis, 
before Mantis is even like looking around, like, <laughs> what am I supposed am I to supposed be doing to... here? Uh, if you all need a good <laughs> Whose nap, head do I have to touch? <laughs> right. But it was really, it is, it was, it was cool to see them all. But yeah, it was kind of like, well, this isn't, this isn't a moment where it's even warranted. Because yeah, Captain Marvel doesn't need any help. <laughs> she can help you guys. <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't need it. She's gonna show. Ask- okay, guys, give me some help. And then she flies at supersonic speed to get to the van. And they're like, "Um, right. how are we supposed right. to help you?" Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it was unnecessary, but it wasn't done because it was necessary, right? Yeah, it wasn't done because it was necessary. Um, it was like this extra textual thing saying, "Well, this is a statement about this movie being out in 2019." <laughs> uh, to the to the extent where. Uh, you know, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, in some media studies class or feminist <laughs> studies class or studies of gender relations or something, like this will be a moment that will be seen as a weird curio. Yeah. That, that you know, like you could never imagine this scene happening in a movie now because it wouldn't even make any sense. But they thought it was necessary to have this scene in this movie in 2019 yeah. because that's how weird they were, you know? <laughs> right. That's how that's how messed up those times were. And you can see like the the culture shifting at this point and like ma- making a statement about the culture yeah, shifting. Right. And I mean, and that's obviously what that movement was. And it would be and it's sad, too, because the media studies people are going to look back at it. And it's weird because it's not it's it's a it's a grandstanding moment. But in the in the story and the actual scene, it doesn't matter. No, I mean it's not effective. Right. So they all band together to do what? Really, it's, nothing because it's Captain Marvel can just do it. It's tacked on, whether rather than integrated. Integrated, yeah. right? Yeah. If it had been essential uh, that all those people do get together for that one, then yeah, okay. Yeah. So I asked Seymour because I, I, when I saw that, I thought, oh, that really kind of rings false. I get that. I get it. You know, and it's yeah. a nice like cheery rah rah moment. But it also kind of rings false. It reminded me of someone wrote somewhere, I forget where, that when they were a girl and they saw someone told them, like, did you know girls can be scientists, too? Or uh, girls can do whatever they want. And then until someone had told them that, they had never questioned Mm. whether they could do whatever they want. They just assumed, of course, I can do whatever I want until someone said, girls can do whatever they want, too. And suddenly it was like, wait, that was ever yeah. a question? Like, and that was like what the being told that was what introduced doubt, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And so like just if you've, if you've already seen all these female characters already like taking part in the battle and doing important things and playing a major role, then you don't need to like have the big arrow that says, here they are getting their moment, <laughs> ladies moment, right. men clear the dance floor. <laughs> Let's let, the, let's let these ladies dance who have been dancing this entire time. Like we've already been dancing. <laughs> right. We we weren't were we you know. But except, I, so I asked Seymour like, so how did you feel about that moment? She said I liked it, and like, and then I said what I said to you, and like it did you didn't make you feel that way, or like you didn't like respond that way. And she's like, no, because like I felt like I'm quoting her. I felt like they had to make up for the problems with the whole middle part of the movie being dominated by men mm-hmm. and 
Black Widow and Nebula are like the only women there. And then they kill off Black Widow <laughs> and Nebula's a traitor. And mm-hmm. so like you have a whole stretch where it's only men talking and making all the decisions yeah. until we get to the big battle at the end. And so they were compensating for that. Uh, and, and and then I, I, uh, I was ashamed I hadn't thought of this. Cap, uh, Iron Man gets his big funeral at the end. Where's Black Widow's That bothered funeral? me too. They, you know, I, I, I under, I, it, it, even though I understand they're trying to do this thing and on, but it was really bothersome to me that it wasn't a joint. Granted, splitting the thing of joint funerals is weird, uh, you know, or like doing that. But the fact that they're all little, they're crying on the dock scene is supposed to be Black Widow's funeral. Or like them no. them dealing with it, and then now we're I'm gonna just... now we're gonna deal with Tony's death. But like if it was a if it was showing how much all this affected, you know the the world. The, the Black Widow had made the Black Widow sacrifice made that all you know paved the way for all that. So where's her grandiose thing? Yeah, that bothered me too. My son Ichamabad, he came to the. <laughs> realization belatedly but he said it he's got away with words he says hey for iron man they had his big funeral but for black widow they just threw a chair (laughs) that's beautiful that's true yeah it's a i mean yeah I mean, I can I can see it because it happens in the middle of the movie, and then this is the insect. But still, the you know the yeah, it was it, it it each viewing gets bothered me. I keep thinking there should, should be like two floaty things going out into the water: the Tony's heart and so her, yeah. Here's how I think they fix it. How? I think they go back, and in the, that scene where they're all angry when. when uh, uh, Clint Barton is telling him that no, this one's real. We can't. This one we can't undo. We're never going to see her again. And then they have the yellow box at the bottom of the screen, where it's like, "But look for her in her upcoming solo <laughs> motion picture." Ed, I wonder if that was on a- newsstands next year yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I hope they do do a Black Widow movie. I don't know what they're going to do or how or why, but. Supposedly they're in pre-production. Supposedly they are, but I, I, after a while, I wondered if that was just a ruse to throw off people from not guessing that she'd. Okay, since you brought up Black Widow's death, let's let's talk about this because I think this this is also important. I had mixed feelings about the construction of that, so I after I think What's, I what? her death right or right. I mean, and the reason I had mixed feelings. There we go. Is that you know everything felt pretty well right. You know, her, she's kind of feeling like she, uh, it looks like she's kind of come to become the de facto leader of the Avengers in those five years. She's tracking everything, making everything happening. She's not letting anything uh, go. She's devoted her life and her sanity to maintaining and say what they have and trying to reclaim what they lost. She's the driving force of everything there. And then when they get to Vormir, a lot of people just going like, and even myself, like, okay, okay, this is Hawkeye's going to sacrifice himself so we can get rid of Hawkeye and actually just <laughs> focus on the cool people, right? 
So he's going to do it because he's become a monster and, you know, that they've set it all up perfectly for us to just get rid of him. But then, honestly, though, that as much as I love Hawkeye, that wouldn't have felt like a sacrifice. That would have felt like convenience for the writer, I think. Or, and, you know, redemption. Right, it would have been, it would been redemption, redemption for him. For, for him. Um, and then when, you know, when Black Widow goes over the side, it's... <sighs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like it's kind of like me having to readjust for the scrolls being being not purely bad. It's like I didn't want this to happen, but it's meaningful. It means something. And but all of this was tainted by me just thinking so Vormir is just the place where chicks go to die. <laughs> Let's kill off <laughs> We're just going to kill off all our female characters here, dump them here, and then we can just focus on the cool men, the cool male characters, right? Like, it just felt like we're thinning out the women, and I, I it bothered me on that. And then for her not to get her due, they just, all they did was throw a chair. <laughs> um, was was it's, a, it's a place where men go to get upset. <laughs> yeah, because okay. they had to watch a woman die. Now, do you think I, I I could make an argument that neither of the soul stone, um, sacrifice uh, 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 the getting of the soul stone either in either movie was legitimate? Because if if Thanos was so willing to toss his daughter over the side, did he was that really a sacrifice for him? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it really was. Uh, Isaac uh, was pretty quick to sacrifice. Uh, no, wait. Oh, yeah. Jacob. So, someone Jacob brought was the, pretty... Abraham. Or, uh, wait, no. Uh, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. Isaac was Jacob's son. I'm I think cut, it was Jacob sacrificing I'm Isaac. Cut, cutting I'm all this sure. out. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't look like a biblical idiot, but uh, I am. Oh I am God, a biblical on. idiot. No, you're right. It is Abraham because it was his only son. It was his only son. I don't remember Abraham's son name though. Isaac. Well, so Isaac is definitely the one being sacrificed, okay. uh, as told in the Leonard Cohen song "Story of Isaac." Oh, okay. Yeah, son of Abraham. Okay, son of Abraham. So, well, I mean, Abraham was pretty quick to yeah, I sacrifice know. Isaac on the altar again. But so was it a sacrifice? If that if it was sure, I'll do that. Uh, and then Hawkeye didn't choose. It was. It was Black Widow's choice. Um, it would be funny if the soul stone went to her body. <laughs> it's, a self, it's a self-sacrifice. You can sacrifice yourself. Yeah, she can self-sacrifice. There's did. another uh, Bible story about that way that you might I be interested so. in. <laughs> would you like to hear about it? Sure. Uh-oh, now he has to tell. Okay. Have I heard the good news about Vermeer? <laughs> Um, so, so I, I remember I did ask, I, I asked a friend of mine after we saw, we saw it with, I saw it the second time with Todd and Liz and, and Jim and Jason and Jason there. No, Greg. And, um, what about Hugh? Did Hugh go? Hugo? No, I don't, Hugh, I don't think Hugh was there. No, Hugh wasn't there. I asked okay. Liz, I go, how did you feel about Vermeer being the place where chicks go to die? And she said, well, I, she was, I didn't mind it because it was her choice. It was her taking command of what she wanted needed to happen. 
She had agency. She had agency. So that that's one thing. But but I go, yeah, but the the writers really made her do that. <laughs> <laughs> the writers chose to to thin out the thin out the women. So I don't know. But um but I I mean again, it's the it's the Joss Whedon thing of you don't make you don't kill off characters if it won't wouldn't matter to you, you know? It's like we don't just kill off the people that 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 wouldn't if it doesn't hurt, it's not going to it's not going to matter. So like that's that's I I'm it hurt and uh, it, it it worked. It hurt enough to make me revise my top 3 action scenes. And the the battle for self sacrifice at Vermeer is really ah. <sighs> I want to put it at number three because it's short, um, and it's got nice choreography. It's not like brilliant choreography or anything. Right. Uh, but I want to put it at number one because like it's the only action scene in the MCU that had me on the verge of tears. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the yeah. battle at, at the end of Civil War uh, had was long and had choreography, and I got bored by it. I thought it was a slog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was engaged, but I wasn't on the verge of tears like I was this time. Oh, yeah. no. I, I, this is, this is, I think for me, this is one of the real high points of, of Endgame. And I loved I loved the, the I loved that moment. Mm. I thought it was a, a sweet moment. A sweet moment yeah. of fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they tend to have those, and I think and it, it was as much. You know, it, and there haven't been very many uh, character moments written really well for Natasha. For, sure. And so it was. It was a really good one for her. When I was listening back to our MCU Part One with top characters, it's like you know, it's really sad that I never even considered Black Widow. Huh. For the part, because she's got some great moments in Avengers. Yeah. But other than that, she's never really given enough to do. Even in Winter Soldier, she's like kind of is written as a different character all of a sudden. And like they never really quite know what to do with with her as a character. And she's never allowed much development. Uh, her flashbacks in Age of Ultron notwithstanding don't really add a lot of depth. But this was I thought this was like a, a if you had to have a send off for for her I thought this was I thought yeah. this was a great one and it was yeah. a nice meaningful emotional connection between her and and Clint which has been hinted at but uh, yeah I never really, really just, felt it in this one yeah you really did and like that that was I needed that before anything if any of them were gonna go I I, I needed them to at least not just talk about how much they admired and, and loved each other but actually see it and I needed to see that. So that was, yeah, that was great. Something we haven't really talked about yet is Tony. Well, okay. Let's, so speaking of actors putting in their best work in this movie, yeah, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, uh, um, what's her name? Who plays Nebula? Karen Gillian. And Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Yeah. 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 Robert Downey Jr. I thought gave his best performance in Infinity War and then topped it in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, it's 
it's uh, it's truly something. Not only is it a, a truly something in terms of a body of work, but just the 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 the, the, the character arc from Iron Man to Endgame is astounding. So much so that I don't even know how to even begin talking about it. <laughs> okay, so another thing that I wanted to see, because you know they all talk about who's going to die, someone's going to die. I tried not to even, I didn't really care about that. I just wanted to see what they were going to give me. What is in-game going to give me? And I remember, some, and I, oh, but I did have one thing. I had a friend of mine who said, if they kill Thor, I'm, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to leave. I'm going to walk out. I can't, can't. And when I talked to that person later, he said, I almost walked out for what they did to Thor. <laughs> and I went, what, that they made him, he got chubby? He said, yeah, he, he, he's a self-proclaimed shallow person <laughs> who can't watch TV shows if it doesn't have attractive people in it. Okay. And so he goes, what they did to Thor, I just can't. Ugh. And I said, well, he didn't die. And she goes, it would have been better if they had killed him. <laughs> and I went, what? Yikes. That sounds harder to please than me. <laughs> but I thought to myself, what would be a fitting in for Cap, for Steve? Because I figured he was not going to make it. And I go, what do I want for Cap? And I just realized, and I, and I read something that someone said they botched it. He, Cap needed to die on the battlefield, and that's what cinched it. I went, no, that's the last thing I'd want for Cap. And that's what it seemed like was going to happen. It really it did. Seemed like they were working up towards that. And 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 I, I like, what I wanted was for Cap to live a long life, to be happy, and uh, even, even if his messing with the timeline might have killed Peggy Peggy, Peggy Carter's <laughs> eventual children. <laughs> erased all of that from existence it gets me every time and i i i, I really needed uh, that i needed him to to live and it was to a beautiful send-off for him. beautiful send-off and uh yeah. the second time i saw it i realized that i think bucky knew if you watch his performance his performance looks just looks and when he's saying goodbye to Steve uh, and his reaction after he can't, he's like, uh, Falcon's all, get him back, get him back. And Winter Soldier just kind of turns to walk away. He's like, yep. The I, I, I don't think his acting was bad because I thought it was the first time. <laughs> but then the second time I realized, no, he just knew. He knew what he was going to do. Mm. I would, as much as I think that's a fitting end to Cap, exactly what I wanted, exactly what I needed. I would be totally willing to see Captain America 4, Vormir, where he goes to return the Soul Stone and sees the Red Skull. That's what I want to ah, see. That's right. He has to put it back there, He's doesn't he? He's got to put it back there for, for Thanos to come get it later. And like he's, that means if he goes back there, he's got to see the Red Skull. And then oh. he's got to go back to... Um, He's got to go back to New York, and he's got to go back to. Uh, How's he going to get there? Where's he going to go? That's uh, yeah, going to give him. They had to take the ship. The technology. Hmm. They had well, to get the ship to get him there. He's Captain America. He manages it. Yeah. He believes hard enough. Maybe he travels to. He can't travel to the future. Huh. Right. Maybe he goes back and steals Nebula's ship, and then has to. 
fly yeah. and then bring that back. No, I was trying to think why why didn't Hawkeye and like, why did they have to fly the ship there? Because it's like a planet. Okay, but so they went. But, but they did the they they did the um, they flew they went to the quantum realm to Morag, right? They flew through the they 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 took the the ship and everything through the quantum realm. They're neighboring. They're neighboring planets. I don't know, man. <laughs> so so why can't yeah, I don't have a I don't have a galactic map here. And then okay, and then Nebula typed in the the coordinates into the ship for yeah. them because so, they don't have to travel through time anymore. Now they're just traveling through space. And oh, time, they only the had world. enough. Wait, they only had enough pin particles. particles. Yeah. Okay. So here's how Cap does oh, it. <laughs> here's how Cap does it. Henry Pym is alive again, thanks to the snap. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to his lab. He makes more Pym particles. Cap goes back to a couple weeks ago. Nebula and Rocket land their ship. They walk past Paul Rudd eating his taco. <laughs> Happy music playing, but it's all uh, the, the, the family is reunited. I got to get back to my point about why that music cue made sense. This is the family, <laughs> this is the family reunited. And Sorry. so this is the first time they all feel happy again since the snap because right. they, they feel togetherness, right? They go inside for their meeting. Cap shows up. Blink, pim particles, shrinks nebulous ship, jumps back in time more. Jumps back the, in time with, more? So he goes, oh. he, he grabs the ship, shrinks it, puts it in his pocket. Then he goes further back in time. Doesn't matter where. Just somewhere back in time. Hops in, the, grow, grows the ship again. Hops in, flies to Vormir, puts the soul stone back. Shrinks the ship, jumps back, puts the ship back on the lawn one <laughs> second later. So mm. they never miss it. So he just he just borrows he just does a time heist but on the ship. Can he fly a ship? He's Captain America. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> he flew. He managed to crash a Red Skull ship. He's got some experience. <laughs> He's got some experience. I consider experience experience. Yeah, very much so. Okay, cool. Got it. You know, someone floated the theory that, um, and I don't know if I even want to give this credence, but. They floated the theory that because uh, um, when he says when he's when he's got his wedding ring and Falcon says, do you want to tell me about her? And he goes, no, I don't think I will. Which. I'm still puzzling what that well, meant. I guess it's about it in an upcoming <laughs> limited series on newsstands. I just figured October. that meant I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to kiss and tell, I guess. But um, someone in desperation to not make Black Widow be dead. Because Gamora, they got around that, right? They got around her being sacrificed for the small stone. So then the thought is that maybe Cap went back, traded it back, got Black Widow, and didn't mess up Peggy's timeline, and then they got married and stayed somewhere. Oh. So I'm like, but yeah, they're affectionate for each other. They're best friends and all, but... I mean, they're really good friends, but it's Cap and Peggy. It's Cap and Peggy. <laughs> okay, here's my hot take. Okay. Knee jerk, rapid fire uh, theory on this. Okay. Because okay. it answers another question. Cap giving the shield to Sam and not to mm -hmm. Bucky. Right. Let's talk about this for a moment, and okay. then I'm going to get back to that. Totally unearned in the script. 
in the script, but that that will we'll be talk about that in a second too. Okay, like this isn't set up at all. You mm-hmm. would totally, given everything that we've seen and everything we know in the world of the film, he would give it to Bucky, right? Well, Bucky's still not completely healed, right? He still he still could become a problem. He, I mean, well, here's the, I mean, physically, Bucky's already as close to Captain America as you could get. He's already super soldiered. You know, he's he's got the same kind of formula flowing through his veins. Falcon does not. Yeah. Um so Falcon could be taken out a lot easier than Bucky would. But Falcon is certainly more of the spirit of Captain America than Bucky is. So I, I mean, it's definitely what... the right choice to give it yeah, to, exactly. to Sam. And not just because it's that way in the comic books. Like, Right. It's the right choice. Sam Sam kicks ass and Winter Soldier's lame. Right. Okay. But you, you, you I, I didn't want to interrupt your train of thought with this one. That's why I said I'd talk about it later. But if Endgame has a real problem, other than the Captain America, Captain Marvel conundrum, it's that... Um, all this stuff, I, I mean, I like to think of those two, Infinity War and Endgame, as two separate movies. But without all the characters that return at the end of Endgame, you're dealing with this movie with all the people you are watching. And then suddenly we come in at the end of Endgame and we've got all these characters finishing their arcs from the another total movie. So now... Like when they all came back, I didn't feel as much joy as I did watching the 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 lines of the of the story of the characters I have been watching for three hours, right? So suddenly yeah. we're now we're now watching all these uh, things that are really only important if you've seen all the other movies, right? And so yeah, mm-hmm. I imagine if someone again who maybe had only watched. In game, because <laughs> why would you do that? The moment between Cap and Falcon seems very arbitrary. Instead, we're just looking about how weird Falcon's beard looks. And that's <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like, well, why? why how, how did you do the George Lucas up here? You're Anthony Mackie. You look great. Why? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't have that long after he got unsnapped to yeah. change things up, but. but yeah, so so that moment didn't feel as powerful as it could have, and the only reason that is is because we weren't watching Falcon for three hours, you know. And same thing with uh, uh, Quill finding Gamora again. That moment should have been hugely emotional, and it was only um, func- uh, functional because yeah. we hadn't been watching Quill for three hours. We watching. It did give us a nut shot. But, did give yeah. us the nut shot. Um, the only, again, again, the, functional. The only, I think, exception to that is Peter Parker. Is Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah. hug with Peter Parker. It makes me cry thinking about it now. The the hug and yeah. then Tony Stark in a rare moment of humility looking up. Thanking God in yeah. a silent way <laughs> yeah. that he got Peter yeah. back. He got yeah. Peter back. Of course, yeah. that was set up throughout the movie, though. That really was. Like, throughout Endgame, right. you see, he says that when he gets off the plane, he's got the picture that makes him, you know, kind of start really investigating time time mm-hmm. travel. And so, yeah. So, so he, he's a big motivator of, of 
Tony throughout the movie. So that was earned. But all the other ones weirdly did feel not as satisfying because, you know, and also there just wasn't time to have all that stuff. Like to see that, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp were kind of robbed of any emotional, like solace, heartache solace from, uh, you know, just having them look at each other and giving the Paul Rudd kind of smirk. Uh, you're not dead anymore. And then uh, Rocket and Groot don't really get that kind of moment. Come on, yeah, Groot didn't get a moment. Yeah, Drax, Drax didn't, Drax get, didn't a moment. get a moment. Uh, uh, you gotta have to tell me how Carrie reacts when she finds out Drax doesn't even get a lick in on Thanos. I know that is a that is a big. That was kind of, and I knew he he couldn't, but doesn't even get a lick, right? He gets a stab like a big hairy monster in the back. Right. <laughs> I mean, he gets he gets the. I'm glad we get to see some stabbing. That's good. Yeah, but no lines of dialogue from Drax. Yeah, yeah no. Oh, well, no, on the ship at the end. He he wants to see oh. them fight. Right. Ooh, use knives. <laughs> so yeah. Um. But okay. So so, so yeah. So I I feel like that's the big that that's why most of that stuff doesn't feel uh, earned because I, as much as as much as all the other things that are really tasty and juicy and meaningful in this movie that are planted seeds from other movies that have grown here. For some reason, that part didn't, they those, didn't set it up. They didn't, they, they weren't, didn't. they weren't set up that well, but you just yeah. know from having spent so much time with them that it's right, but it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. And plus feel. like Sam has never been, he, he needs, he deserves more spotlight. Also, he, that means he's, you're taking his greatest strength away for a strength he doesn't really have. I mean, his greatest talent, which is flying a cool-ass suit. He can still fly with the shield. Yeah. Why not? I guess that would be I mean, awesome. they'll throw his balance off a little bit, but who cares? <laughs> right, right. They'll figure it out. They'll, they'll, they'll adjust for it. Aerodynamics, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We're not engineers here. We're filmmakers. Okay, all right. All right. Um, and film watchers. Okay, but I'm a what film if, watcher. Okay. What if... The girl Cap won't tell Sam about is like Sam's mom. I was just, I was just about to say, no, I'm your dad now, Sam. Or like Sam's wife, <laughs> Sam's ex-wife. <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, we don't know we don't his think, situation. We don't think Sam's married now, but maybe he's divorced, and maybe like that's who Cap <laughs> ended up meeting, getting on with, and like. And I feel kind of bad. I'm not going to tell you, but um, here's no, a shield. I don't think I will. But... Hey, big uh, shiny thing. Listen, you don't know what I'm making up to you with this, but I'm making up something with. I'm making up for something with this. Okay. Now I want to know what happens, like in the timeline. Now that the only vibranium shield in the world, like maybe he goes to Wakanda and gets another one made. I suppose. I, mean, I was thinking back to the line in Captain America First Avenger, like, how much yeah. vibranium do we have? Well, this is all of it. This is all of it. So we had decided to arbitrarily make it a shield. But he knows where Wakanda is now, so he yeah. can go to Wakanda. He can explain, don't kill me. I'm from the future. <laughs> Cap just walks up and shows his inside of his lip. I don't know what would be written there. Maybe he's like an honorary Wakandan. Is there anything more you want to talk about Endgame, or should we move on to our revised rankings? Well, there given are given the advent of Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. There are tons of things I still want to talk about, but I think this is the right time to move on because we didn't talk a ton about the battle. I don't really know. I just want to say, on your left, made everybody cheer. 
<laughs> uh, that was a really uh, nice moment. Yeah. There's plenty out there that discusses what was awesome about Cap picking up Mjolnir and <laughs> whether that was telegraphed yeah. or not and blah, 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 blah. Um, one thing I haven't seen mentioned is just after Iron Man stands up pretty good against Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet in Infinity War on Titan. Uh-huh. Like goes toe to toe with with Thanos, draws blood. I guess that Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet gets totally punked against a lesser powered right Thanos. Yeah. But he's five years older. I, I'm going to say age is part of it. <laughs> he can't take a like like I can't ride a roller coaster anymore without getting a headache for the next 24 hours. I think uh, mm. you reach a certain age, you get thrown against a junk pile and. Uh, take a, a rap on the noggin and you're boozier than you were five years ago. That's, that's what I'm going to chalk it up to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Thanos seemed almost just as powerful with that big ass blade of his than he did with the infinity gauntlet. Right. <laughs> I also think it was trying harder. I think oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I think infinity gauntlet got complacent. He's like, I'm going to be able to polish these guys off. I don't have to try that hard. Right. Oh, you know what? I'm going to kill half of them anyway in a minute. So I'll <laughs> let them have their fun. <laughs> Exactly. Um, also, I did really like. I did think it was smart because uh, to up the ante, uh, and where, where Thanos realizes that his plan to kill half the universe isn't. He's been shown that's not a, that's not going to work the way I want it to. So he's now going. I've now realized what I have to do. I got to kill everybody, including half my own invasion force. <laughs> Because uh, Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch is levitating me, and Ebony Maw standing nearby. But Sire, are you sure you want me to fire the guns from the ship on our own troops? Yes. Ring it, rain, fire. Couldn't I just come over and help? No. <laughs> Shoot my troops. Like that was a moment that didn't work for me. Yeah, that's true. It's like yeah. Okay, I'll I'll send the command if you want me to. I could just walk over and slap her away. <laughs> I could just hit her with something. I do that. I'm really good at it, sire. <laughs> Again, I could chalk that up to just Thanos being a big dummy. Because <laughs> he hasn't thought any of this stuff out. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. But Wade and I have thought out how we should revise our rankings of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe based on the movies that have come out since our second installment way back, way back when. So... Next episode, you will hear those revisions. You will agree or disagree. We will not hear your disagreements unless you send them to us on Twitter at you watched it wrong with the letter U, or on our Facebook page, you watched it wrong spelled properly, and at our email address, you watched it wrong at happypanic.net. Let us know what you think, because we care. We also want you to have a nice new year because we care about that too excelsior